Welcome to Noahala, the podcast, highlighting the voices, experiences, and reflections of African diasporans reconnecting to Africa. I am Gaima, and it's my intention to bridge the gap between the African and the African diasporan through the story shared by my guests and myself. We could learn a lot together. It's time to level up. It's no wahala. When I was first tagged to the IG account of my guest, I was confused. Human nature led me to ask, what is he? He's cute and he speaks Creole. I just smiled and assumed that he was some Lebanese guy showing off on the interwebs, bragging and boasting and bluffing about his love for Creole. But then I was tagged again and again and again. And afterwards the unthinkable happened. My mom sent me a WhatsApp video that I actually wanted to listen to and watch. It was the same Lebanese-looking guy that's Creole Bobo. So I decided to follow him and see what the hype was about. And once I did, it immediately struck a chord. I read his post and realized that he genuinely has fallen in love with Sierra Leone and the people. I understand why but I think I'm biased because my parents are from Sierra Leone and it's in my bloodline. But for him, that's not the case. I invite you to listen to my conversation with Creole Baba and his passion for Sierra Leone. Cool. Wow, so um, please introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are in real life, who you are online, and what you're doing here in Sierra Leone. So, my name is Nick Wood. I'm from Utah. I live in Utah. Yeah. Um, I own an internet marketing company, which ironically is called Cotton Tree Media. Is it ironic? No, it's not ironic. I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's what I do as far as work goes. Um, in 2010, I spent two years in Sierra Leone. Mm -hmm. Traveled, I spent time in the West, East, spent time in Bow, mm -hmm. everywhere. Okay. And uh, it's been six years and now I'm back, I'm visiting. Um, many people know me online as Creole Bobo. Yeah. And um, I think it's been t about three months ago that I started just a, one day I just had an idea to start a uh, Instagram account so that I could s continue speaking to Creole, connect with Sierra Leoneans, and uh -huh. just, you know, wow. connect back again. So three months ago? Janu uh, January 4th is the first, my first, very first post. I created the account on January 3rd, yeah. So that was like your New Year's resolution? Yeah, no, it wasn't. I literally just one day I was, I just had the thought and I was like, I'm just, I haven't met any Sierra Leoneans in six years. I don't want to forget the language. And I was kind of just at a weird spot where I wanted to just connect again. Okay. And so 
I created the account and then the next day I posted a video and then I've just been trying to stay consistent and just post videos and okay. pictures and I think my first post that I saw you in if I'm not mistaken you had on like a lace yeah. outfit oh, yeah. and you were bluffing yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes so you had that made here yeah. I'm assuming uh -huh. and it still fits it still fits nice I think I bought it big because I was really I was 30 pounds or so less oh wow okay that sounds very familiar to I think all of our lives um, usually <laughs> I can remember my parents coming back and bringing me you know like seven outfits this is like when I was a teenager and I put them on with disgust because I was like who, who is this for it doesn't fit me oh it will fit you just you know and so I would bury them because I hated every single outfit <laughs> and so um, I'd say fast forward like I don't know seven years later more or less something like that you're going through like old clothes and you find like this massive pile of stuff that you've hidden but everything fits now so <laughs> it worked out yes nice okay so i think uh, i know that you are um you are an ex-missionary would you still consider yourself to be a missionary so, uh, when I was here, I was a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay. When I was here, it was considered full-time. Okay. Now, I would, I'd, of course, still consider myself, quote-unquote, a missionary, but not. I, that's not like... What you're doing. Yeah, it's not day. what I'm doing. It's not what I'm doing here. Cool. Okay. And even then, mm -hmm. I don't know like how much you know or anybody else knows, but we didn't get paid for that. Like, it's just strictly Yeah, I think volunteer. everybody... Well, if you, I've never heard of a missionary that got paid. No, Isn't not all about like yeah. giving. But like they don't even like, like we pay our like it's not like they pay they don't even pay for like our food. Really. Like we pay for the the entire thing. Wow. So we actually pay. So you to pay come. to come yeah. and give your time, energy. Uh -huh. That's amazing. Okay, so that's different. Thank Definitely. you for the clarification. <laughs> yeah, that's real different. Yeah. So. So um, yeah, so I was here. Um, yeah, and I was a, a full-time missionary, but so yeah, now I'm still in that same church, still mm -hmm. affiliated very strongly, but that's just that two years, that's what, that's what brought me here. So these two years, can you elaborate like the time period, what, what year yeah. specifically? So uh, it was May, so actually, so it was almost two years. I spent three weeks, what we do is we spent, I spent three weeks in Ghana. Okay. We have a, what we call a missionary training center. Sure. MTC. Okay. They just train you on like what you're gonna teach, kind of getting adjusted, everything like that. So I spent 21 days there, mm -hmm. and then I came here. So it was actually like May 1st or something, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. And it was close to Mother's Day, I remember, because we can only call home twice a year. Aww. And it's Mother's Day and Christmas. What? Yeah. So they don't you, care about Father's Day. No, no <laughs> they don't. They don't care. So it was May of 2010, and then I got home in April. Well, so I left home. Uh, but yeah, I was into the country from May of 2010 mm -hmm. to April of 2012. Wow. Okay. Very cool. Um, and so in that quote-unquote more or less two-year period, when you were in Sierra Leone, what areas were you in? So I spent three months in Lumley. Okay. Which everyone that's from here knows the, the west side yeah, is yeah, yeah. a little bit more advanced, if, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, so I spent three months in Lumley. Then I went to Kissy. For six months and this isn't by choice so this is 
hey, you're going here. Okay. You pack your bags, and then okay. the next day you're moving. Gotcha. Three months Lumley, six months Kissy, mm -hmm. off to Bo. Mm -hmm. um, I think I spent, I think it was six months total in Bo. Mm -hmm. I came back, I lived in Grafton. Yeah. Okay. And I was in, I lived in Grafton, but I spent time in Grafton, Hastings, and Wellington, or in uh, Waterloo. Okay. And then lastly, they sent me to Dwazak, and I ah. finished my two years in Dwazak, climbing the hills. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I know the area. Yeah, you know it more than me. <laughs> I will say that. So congrats. Um, were you, what was your experience like? I mean, many that follow you, obviously we know how much you love Sierra Leone. Um, based on your reflection, you go pretty deep um, in sharing the emotional connection that you have with the people who you met, so on and so forth. Right. Um, tell me what it was like to adjust. <laughs> So, man, the, I mean, it was tough. In fact, the first day, so I have a friend that's, he's, a, he's from Ghana. Mm -hmm. Because as missionaries, you have to be with your companion, so it's, you're never alone. Okay. So when you have a companion, you, it's like, it's, it's more than being married. Like, you are with them, at, like, unless you're in the bathroom, you're with them. You wow. can't be separated, like, it's just a rule. Okay. So he's from Ghana, so actually I visited him before I came here. Gotcha. So it's like four days ago, nice. five days ago. And he was, we were recalling like the first day I was here because he was, he wasn't my companion then, but he was, happened to be in the car that day. Mm. And he's like, man, I just remember like, you were, you looked so confused and just your eyes were so big and mm. you were just, I mean, we went through, um, I think we went from Wellington through Shaka Stevens Street back over to Lumley. Okay. And I just, I, and I remember it, it was crazy. But yeah, I think more than anything, it was just like, there's so much happening in the streets, mm -hmm. so much noise. There's mm -hmm. like just a, such a fast pace coming from a, like a farm town in Utah. Sure. And coming here. And then the heat, more than anything is the heat. Okay, yeah. Period. Like Barnum, that is the hardest thing. That was the hardest thing for me is getting used to heat because, you know, we're sitting here right now in a nice hotel, there's air conditioning. Yeah. And some of the apartments that we stayed in, and all of them, with the exception of the one in Dwazak my last six months, uh -huh. There's no heat. In fact, most of the time there wasn't light. Mm -hmm. When I say and I say light because I'm, I'm like translating it yeah. into Creole, but like and that's true because I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Light, right? light means electricity for those of you who aren't familiar with Creole. <laughs> right. So yeah, so it was a little bit different because you mm -hmm. you go in the sun all day and then at night you don't come and escape it in the AC. Yeah. That's the difference between here and like the South in in the states, for example. Yeah. You're in the sun and you go home. And there's no light, there's no electricity, mm -hmm. and it's still hot. Yeah. And and sometimes they don't sell gas. Like there was a period of time in Bo, there was two weeks they didn't sell petrol or, or gas. Really? So we didn't even have a, a generator because we usually would run a generator right. for two hours at night. Mm -hmm. So for two weeks we had none. Wow. So anyway, yeah, that was the hardest thing is the uh, definitely the sun. So how did you adjust to that? Because, I mean... You don't have a lot of melanin. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, what happened? How did you adjust? I, I think it, everyone kept telling me, like, three months, three months, three months, you'll be good. Uh -huh. So I kept saying that in my head, and I don't know if it was like the placebo effect or whatever, but I, okay. after three months, it was like, it was still hot, mm -hmm. but it just, I, I think I just became used to this always having sweat on my face. Like, okay. just that, like, I don't think I ever, like, 
adjusted. I think it was just getting used to okay. having them. <laughs> That's real. That's real. Wow. Okay. Um, what about the water? Drinking mm -hmm. water mm -hmm. here. What's what? So when I first came, I was like, yeah. oh, I'm not like nothing can touch me. I'm invincible. Mm -hmm. Plus, I'm doing God's work. Like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. So they sell. For those that have never been, mm -hmm. they, a lot of times they'll sell the they'll sell the what they call the Grafton, which is packaged water. Yeah, that one's good. Mm -hmm. You could drink that one. Then they sell one where they take water. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if anybody does. And they lay a sheet over a plastic uh, container and they pour the water and the sheet is the strain. What? Yeah, you've never seen this one? At all. No, no, no. And, I, and you know what? Now that I think about it, since I've been back, mm -hmm. I don't know if I've seen it. But they... They used to do this. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But this is what they used to do. And they'd put it in a plastic bag and they'd just wrap it. So it was wrapped and then they would sell them like that. And I was just drinking them. And you didn't die. I did, never got sick, never got typhoid, never got malaria the entire two years. Wow. Never got, not, not at all. Where is this sheet? We need it to It was know. just like, right? <laughs> a magic sheet. <laughs> Where is this magic sheet? I so, need it. But then anyway, as time went on, yeah. I, I, you know, I was smarter. Um, I got a, a filtered bottle and okay. those kind of things. And okay. I was very cautious. So. Yeah, because you see... Uh -huh. I'm rocking with my, my bottle of water. The two tick. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so going from, I mean, those are, it's kind of extreme because Lumley, yeah. It's, um, Lumley to, to Grafton, uh, New Camp. Yeah. So adjusting, um, communicating. I mean, obviously, he, well, I don't know if it's obvious, but here, you know, aside from the native, um, Tribal languages, English is spoken, has has been spoken for a very long time, right? Um, Sierra Leone was colonized by the British, so many, I think many people assume that if you're in Africa, like, are you gonna, how are you gonna communicate? Mm -hmm. Did you have that initial concern? Mm -hmm. So, depending on where you go mm -hmm. for your missionary service, sometimes it'll say you'll be speaking in so so language. Mm -hmm. And mine said you'll be in Sierra Leone and we'll be speaking English. Okay. So if you if your says hey you're going to be speaking French for example, mm -hmm. during that time in your at the training center mm -hmm. you'll actually be there longer just to learn the language. Gotcha. So like, I came here to speak English. Okay. So as far as like Creole and all those kind of things like that, like that definitely wasn't taught. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you can teach it. I mean I know they do teach it, but it's difficult to teach. It's just you got to pick it up. Sure. So yeah, I mean, I came here expecting to speak English, of course, just with a different accent, those kind of things. Sure. So when did you start to feel compelled to want to speak Creole? So the, I was in, uh, like right within the first month, I was in a uh, service meeting mm -hmm. for church in Lumley. Mm -hmm. This man, his name's, I still remember his name, Sardo. Okay. He's a Kono, by tribe, Kono. Kono, yeah. He's the firstborn Kono, right? Yeah. Anyway, he was up there just preaching or whatever. And I just, I don't know, his, it was so sharp. His Creole was so, so nice. And I could, Creole under, being sharp. He'd be a taco, savvy. So anyway, um, yeah. That day I'm like, I, gotta, I just, I'm going to learn this. Wow. It's cool. Like it was just one of those things. I was like, I really, I'm going to be here. So I'm just going to learn it. And I'm mm -hmm. just going to, 
that was the, that was the day. I think it was within the first couple of weeks. I just decided I really want to learn Creole. Was there someone who kind of was like a, a guide to you? To learning it? Not even to learning just Creole, but um, you and your companion. Was there someone based here from here who kind of assisted you all, or? There was. I mean, there's many people that I would consider like mentors and that assisted us, but. Mm -hmm. As far as the companion goes, like you change companions, so you don't just have one the whole time. Oh, okay. So I think I had eight different ones. Oh, wow. It's so like the okay. first one I was with only for six weeks, second one I was with six weeks, the next one I was with four and a half months, okay. and six more, like you are changing Rotation. all the time. So like oh. that person that's with you, and I only had one companion that was Sierra Leonean. Mm. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because the Sierra Leoneans, they get, their, they get their missionary service to a different country. Makes sense. Okay. But there are a few that are still here. Okay. So yeah, it wasn't like I had a Sierra Leonean that could teach me. So it was just, just on the street. Really? But what I would do is we have a little notebook we carry around, and anytime I would hear something, uh -huh. I would just jot it down. Okay. And I would put the translation in English, nice. or I'd ask. Like even as I've been here, mm -hmm. I've heard some things, like some phrases that I had forgotten or that I now know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I put them in a note in my phone. Okay. So that I can just like reflect on them. So more than likely when you are ready to leave and you're, I'm assuming you'll probably take like Pelican uh -huh. to cross, there's a gentleman there that sells a Creole book. Um, so if you buy it, I guess technically. Yeah, I can, I need to be, I need to. Yeah, yeah. Is and it the one called Lewilan Creole? I think so. Because yeah. I have that one. Okay. But maybe it, Is it kind of thick? Huh? Yeah. That's what I was shocked when I saw it yesterday because my yeah. mom traveled yesterday. And so we were sitting there and, you know, he's getting his hustle on. But I was like, I'm not your customer. You need to find somebody here who wants to learn Creole. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I'm not your customer. If you have um, Welcome to Timney, give me that because I'm busy working on that. So, you know, so that was funny. We were bantering. But um, I was very surprised that it was, you know, like this thick book. And yeah, yeah so come a long way. And... Though it's a thick book, I do have one of those, and mm -hmm. I mean, it's not that easy. Like, if you didn't know some, it wouldn't teach you anything because it's like, they, it, it's not explained much in English. Like, yeah. it could be done, could, it would be a lot easier, but anyway, mm -hmm. alpha do. Alpha do. That's, <laughs> that's my favorite term to hate. <laughs> I know, I love that. I was teaching my dad and my brother about that one yesterday. Yeah. I was like, yeah. you'll say that like once a day. Alpha do. Once a day? I feel like I hear it once every three hours <laughs> that's true too the yeah, stress. We, yeah again like i was telling you that when we had our car problems we had i it's like just say alpha do alpha do yeah so um i want to get into this car problem we're going to get into that mm, because uh, salon salon i don't know how many times you say that i just said the the yagba boku um it's everything is tough here to me that's one of the things that's, I say the only thing that's easy here is the breeze. That's it. Everything here. When it's, when it's there. When it's there. If you know day, not problem. Yeah, like, then it's hot. Yeah. And, um, you know, going into town, just like you said, like getting used to the heat. When I first came um, in December, we, my sisters were here with me as well, and my best friend, and then my mom. So it would be all of us. In, and the driver in our SUV, like hot and no breeze, you know. Oh man, that happened to me today. Four women, hungry, the dust, 
you know, and then there's just, it's hot as, it's just hot. I'm like, why, why are we going through this? Why are we going, <laughs> we don't, and then of course the air conditioner is not working. Of course. So. Why would it? Why would it work? In the hottest, one of the hottest countries I think in the world, like why would it work? So everything here just seems tough. Traffic, what, what do you, because to me, this is, you know, this is my, this is where my parents are from. So it's almost like an obligation to love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not obligated. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of, it's a lot of shit here that's going on. That's very tough to swallow. How did, how did you cope and still like maintain this love for Sierra Leone? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, definitely at first it wasn't super easy. Like, okay. like it wasn't like I was getting used to everything and like mm -hmm. you're dealing with, you know, like you're coming from whatever, so many options of food and now it's like, okay, what sauce do you want with your rice? Do you want potato leaves? Potato leaf, cassava leaf, okra, right? whatever, right? Right. Um, but then there came a point where I just, I think it was just like, I just, I'm like, okay, I'm here. I, I'm going to be here two years. So I, I'm just going to be here and I'm just getting like, I just was able to relate and I'm like, I just felt like I was becoming a, like almost becoming a Sierra Leone and I could just relate. And there like was a point when I was here for like a year, mm -hmm. it was this weird thing. It even sounds weird to say, but like, it was like, I had no, hadn't. I didn't have a previous life like this is all I knew hmm. like I could still remember mm -hmm. those things but it felt, felt like so distant mm. like it it mm. was almost as if and I think that helped me because I was like yeah I, re I can relate of course okay. of course we didn't manage because yes this is what I'm we here. do yes this is what, is we, what do. we do yeah. we, we manage yeah I get it so hmm. I think it was just accepting hey I'm here two years I'm gonna just love it mm -hmm. but then there's that other element where of the, you, I mean, whether it's said or not, I knew at the end of two years that it was over. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. like, you knew there was like. So, like, I have a, even like so much more of a respect for people that are here. Oh, like forever. Right. There's none. There's there's no escaping the yagba. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. And so. Yeah, um, the way that I dealt with it is I just tried to become one of the people okay. in every way, like at my apartments, I did not speak English. Like that's how I learned it. Like to mm -hmm. white, to a white companion, mm -hmm. to a Ghanaian, to a South African, mm. I wouldn't speak it. Really? I would not. So I'd just Creole. But he, um, what about them? Like, would they just speak Creole back to you? If they could, if they couldn't, they'd speak in English. I'd speak Creole back. Gotcha. Okay. And, uh, maybe I, at first, of course I was bluffing, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I was also trying to learn. Yeah. 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 We broke our own clothes. Mm -hmm. We washed our own clothes. Sorry, we la laundered our clothes. We ate cassava. We ate everything. I mean, mm -hmm. we did everything. I cut my hair. Like I, I cut my hair at the local barber shop mm -hmm. with the straight razor. Like really? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Everything. Yeah. That's so that's, that's real. How, that's that's how. real. You just you just you just were apart, and so. One of the things that I find interesting about travel, um, especially recently for myself, is um, I guess becoming, feeling like really welcome within the community in which you're visiting. How was your experience in really being, becoming 
I will say more or less a part of the communities in which you were providing, you were doing service. Yeah, Any, anyone that's, that has not been here, like the second you arrive, you're welcome. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yesterday we, I was at mile 91 right. for a couple of hours, we may be getting to that later, but mm -hmm. there was, a, this is more or less, it's on the Bokenema Highway, but it's a village. It's like just a few houses. Yeah. If you know, and um, there's us three, me, my dad, my brother. They've never been out of the country. We're stuck, we have no way to leave, like our car's broken. Mm. And um, I didn't feel, like if anything, I just felt like I was at home. Didn't feel threatened, didn't feel scared. Like there's elections going on, nothing even came to my mind. Wow. And just because that's how the people are. Like I had so many people came and talked to me like, how do you know, how do you know how to speak Creole? Mm -hmm. And just asking all these questions. Yeah. And, hey, my car's broken now. We can get to that. We can get to that. Yeah. Tell me about, yeah. yeah. So no, I like, no, no matter what, it's spoke, like wherever, I've never not felt welcome. Mm. So I would say that it's just the culture, like they, like Sierra Leoneans, they treat visitors so well. Interesting. I, I completely agree with you, right? Mm -hmm. um, I do take issue with that, only because I think that... I know where you're going, yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> that Sierra Leoneans treat visitors better than they treat themselves. I and agree. I take full issue with that. I think that if Sierra Leoneans treated themselves the way that they treated visitors... It would be unreal. The, then <clears throat> it would be what it was. Because that's what it was. That's that's the environment that my parents grew up in, right? And so, you know, the goal is to get back to that by going forward, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. I 100% agree. Um, not all people, but mm -hmm. I'd say a lot is, mm -hmm. I don't know, and I don't know what it is. And so again, that's it's a little unfair for, like from where I'm coming from because of course I had that welcoming. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that I, would, I wouldn't say unfair. I but mean, I'm it's just, a perspective. What I'm, yeah, what I'm yeah. saying though is definitely that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like it, ha it has to be spoken because that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I um, I guess to, to counter that, um, my mom and I went out to eat uh, Sunday, I think. Mm -hmm. Sunday afternoon. No, no, I'm sorry. Saturday. And... Um, we went, I won't say the restaurant, even though I want to, to be petty. Who I, I don't go tell you. <laughs> now, Lumley, no, I go say. So, we went to Lumley, um, which you know, of course, is beautiful on the beach, but you, you, I'm sure, can attest that there are more beautiful beaches um, here in Sierra Leone. <laughs> They're just not quite developed yet. Yeah. And so, um, Lumley is definitely a tourist attraction here. And when we went, it was still, I don't know, four to five in the afternoon. So the sun is very high, very hot, and shade is what you want in your life. And <laughs> the umbrella tables were all taken. So the only tables that were available had no umbrella, except for one that was in the shade. And then there's like the bar. But my mom is not the bar type of woman. So that I knew that wasn't going to happen. So um, we saw the table and just automatically went in the direction and the waitress 
you know, cautioned us not to sit there because that's the owner's table. So um, my mom looked at me and I said, I was here a few weeks ago and I sat at that table and I'm going to sit there today as well. Now I'm sitting there with my mom. So where's the owner? And they were like, I think he's, you know, over there somewhere. I said, good, have him come because he's welcome to sit with us if he wants to sit. So my mom then went in and um, she wasn't rude and she wasn't, she understood that they were doing their job, which was to inform us. Yeah. But she educated them in a sense because of course all the workers there are Sierra Leonean. Right. And being um, someone who left Sierra Leone in the early 70s to go out abroad for education, ended up staying due to a lot of um, turmoil that was starting to happen here in Sierra Leone. Um, that's pre-war, but definitely during political turmoil um, and schooling, she was um, compelled to stay. And that's where my parents met. She um, educated them on the f to the fact that, you know, Sierra Leoneans who are abroad and come home want to feel that they are at home. No one should make them feel any different, whether it's a fellow Sierra Leonean or a non-Sierra Leonean who is here living and doing business. Right. And especially being, um, you know, someone who now resides in the U.S., we know about racism, institutionalized, and all of that. And so my mom is like, I refuse to be mistreated in my own country. And anywhere, for that matter. Anywhere. I but mean, yeah. she is, you think she's a lawyer because she knows her rights <laughs> and she will let you know. So the waiter definitely you know came apologized and was like we don't want to say this to you we are told to say yeah. this and um you know what i will share because it's a common i think uh, more more likely than not i know that the owner is lebanese and it's one thing to say you know this is where like if you're around and you're not you know, it's time for you to eat and it's your place of business, you own it, you have every right to sit where you want, it's your business. But if you're not even sitting, you're not even around, why wouldn't you want your customers, your guests who are paying, who are keeping your business established to feel good and welcome and want to spend yeah. their money, sure. right? So I'm, I can't say that that's, um, that particular type of scenario is consistent, per se, with each um, place of establishment that's owned by a non-Sierra Leonean. But what I do know is um, here, there's a lot of, as long as you have the money, you have the status, you have the power. And mo most people who have the money are not Sierra Leonean. And so, there's an assumption that if you're here and you're not Sierra Leonean, you have money. So there's a respect that's paid because of assumptions. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily, like you said, <clears throat> the, I don't think it's consistent. Um, mm -hmm. Like, again, this is coming from my point of view because mm -hmm. it's going to be different from maybe your experience just because we come from 
you know, different backgrounds. Sure. Um, but like, for example, where, I'm, where we're at right now, Country Lodge, mm -hmm. this is Lebanese zone, the shallops. I mean, uh, of course, again, mm -hmm. from my perspective, great people. Um, I've seen them interact with Sierra Leoneans, non-Sierra Leoneans. Mm -hmm. um, one of the brothers, Eddie, he's down there playing tennis every day with Sierra Leoneans. So, mm -hmm. I, but I totally see where you're coming from. Yeah, and I think you're, you know, it's definitely should be stated that it's not everyone. You can't right. stereotype. For sure. Right. But, but of course, I, yeah. But when good you, for your mom. Oh. Love it. You know, I just sat there after a while and just watched, you know, because I'm like, people wonder why I am the way I am. <laughs> I wish I was recording this because I would just be like, well, here. This is why. This is why. And good night. So, um, so talk about what it felt like to be traveling um, upline and <laughs> which is into the provinces and you break down mm -hmm. and it's hot in Sierra Leone. <laughs> so yeah, yesterday, so quick story. So yesterday at, uh, so I spent six months, I think around four, four and a half to six. I think it was six. It was six in Bo in this little part of Bo called Mesma. Okay. So this yesterday morning by, I think it was 5.45, we left. Mm -hmm. And we drove so fast. Like, it, I, I was praying for, for the last hour that we were going to make it. And I, I told the driver, I was like, well, we would kind of soft, soft, normal. Like, so the like, driver was just super aggressive. Yeah, but he's good. Like, but I haven't had a driver in Sierra Leone that's not aggressive. Like, that's just not so dandy. That, yeah. <laughs> well, it depends. Okay, so, I, depends. so I'm three for three on... I, I tell you from experience, you got to get to number five. Okay, okay. Once you get to number five. So with that said, <laughs> we're, we, we tra we're traveling there and I was like, dude, we're, I'm like, this is scary. Like there were a couple of turns mm -hmm. that were, turns, mm. 90. What? No, like, there were, yeah. And I've got two witnesses and we were just praying. So anyway. Oh, God. We made it in one piece. Okay, thank um, God. And spent our time there. About three o'clock, we left. We started coming back. Mm -hmm. We got about an hour and fifteen minutes into the drive. It was four fifteen, and the driver's sh he shows me the gauge, and it's starting to overheat. Uh. So we pull over. This is about two miles before mile ninety one, going back to Freetown. Right. So we pull off to the left of the road, and we pull up the hood. And I say we he. Okay. I'm not taking any credit here. <laughs> he pulls up the hood. Yeah. Like, he does some crazy ninja stuff, mm -hmm. uses some super glue in the door, some dirt off of the ground, the keys, and fixes it. What? It was crazy. I've recorded some of it. I'll be posting it. Okay, okay. So it's just enough. We borrow. I'm like, should we use water? He's like, no, I'll beg for some. Like, you guys are good. He went and got some water. Uh -huh. We filled it, and we, we were able to make it to mile 91, where we'd go up to the hill, we'd turn it off the car on the downhill. Anyway, oh, God. we made it to mile 91, pulled over to the side to a, there's a mechanic shop. Mm -hmm. And within seconds, there were seven people there, mm -hmm. of course, right? Mm -hmm. And um, we did everything we could. Again, we being him, I watched, I took pictures. <laughs> and uh, I just wasn't any, I just don't know that stuff. Yeah. And uh, anyway, we were there, we were there for like three or four hours. I think it was a total of four. We thought it would work, thought it would work, and it, the, anyway, it just, 
we couldn't make it work. We didn't want to ruin the car, so we left it there. We, we got a taxi and uh, all as well. But anyway, wow. it was a crazy experience. We got home uh, like 10.20 last night. Where is the vehicle? Still at my home. Still, okay. Whose vehicle is it? So it's actually, it's actually a decent vehicle. Yeah. But when we pulled off, <laughs> when we pulled it, this the the part off that had broken it had all previously been super glued. What? <laughs> Nightmare. Oh god. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's also normal. That's very normal. Very normal. Yeah. So then we got so then anyway we decided the driver's like, hey we gotta take a taxi. So I'm like, okay, this is gonna be good. At least it's not a photo photo. Mm-hmm. So we they, the guy that's there he calls, they charter a taxi, he pulls up so mm -hmm. then we spend ten minutes negotiating price. Of course. Starts at six hundred. Drivers like six hundred what? Six hundred six hundred thousand Leons. Yeah. <laughs> Said hey beaucoup table. Hey, that's so, yeah. Yeah. They so saw we're like, you yeah. know that they yeah. saw you and I was like, I oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're like, no, two hundred and they're like, no, like five. Anyway. Wow. The fair price would have probably been like two fifty, maybe three hundred. Mm -hmm. We ended up paying three fifty. We had no other option. If the driver would have walked, we would have said, "Okay, let's do it," because we like had no other options. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we came in and on the way back, same thing. I was just praying, except for this time, instead of being in a jeep, um, we're in a little taxi. Sure. It had three hundred twenty thousand miles on it. Yeah. So Sounds I was pretty, yeah. Yesterday pretty. was I was pretty close to God. I was, yeah, I was praying the whole day. That's all you can do here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it's humbling. All, like, that's literally. all you can do here. There's no wonder everyone's religious. I think, <laughs> and and you know, so that's it's interesting that you say that because um, you know, I, I have said this over and over in conversations with close friends. You know, they're like, so what is it like being over there? And I'm like, it's been basically like a spiritual awakening yeah. and um, it's hard to conceptualize but hearing it from a completely different person with a completely different background but it's the same you said it the same exact way so I feel like I'm not, not crazy good. okay and you can't and by the way for those that haven't been like even videos pick like and like Sierra on is a, like more of like a feel mm -hmm. than it is an actual like just like you can't you just can't know what it's like until you step foot here. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You gotta you gotta stand outside and you gotta hear the mosques playing. Yeah. The horns beeping. Yeah. The smell of cassava leaf. Yeah. The humidity. Yeah. The cockroaches. Cockroach. I mean <laughs> the mosquitoes. The I mean everything. Yeah. And it's a feeling, and, and like the fish at the market, and just mm -hmm. sweat and dirt, like it's just all of that combined that makes it what it is. Yeah, yeah. The music. The, oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Because it doesn't matter what time it is and what day it is. It's if, loud. If people feel like playing music loudly and dancing, that's what they're going to do. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, you're right. It is a feeling. And to be able to post about it, um, it's like you're you're sharing a, a, a glimpse mm -hmm. into yeah. what it, it even means. a video. Yeah, that doesn't do it. Like you, you have to sit in the poda poda and feel the heat. I actually have committed to myself that I will not get into a poda poda mm -hmm. here. I did in Tanzania, and that was good enough for me. No, you have to. No. 
I don't. And you need to do it from Shaka Stevens Street outside because then you'll sit next to someone that's holding the thing of fish. Yeah. And they're, and they're sweating and you're sweating and it's like a thousand degrees. Like, yeah. you have to. I believe that is not my portion. Did you see my post about the <laughs> what, the time when I was at, there was like hundreds of people at this junction. Mm-hmm. This proto came, this proto proto came behind. And you see how my English is getting is so bad in five days. No, it's coming behind. It's, it it can't be in. No, it can't be in. So I saw it and I was like, dude, we have to get in that. And so I jumped in the window. I came in the what? Mall. Yes. I went through the I went through the back window and people were just like, no way. To, because what happen. is wrong with you? Yes, I jumped in the I went through the window. Okay, so you back you did find any nonsense because that it's so much foolishness that can happen here in traffic that you will see. You just contributed oh, yeah. because and what, I love every second. Yeah, I, I mean, if you all could see his, he's beaming. He's yeah. so proud. I we will literally, especially when we are in like um, Waterloo area in traffic, the shenanigans are just it's mind boggling what you will see. Like the last thing that I know I recorded was. Um, one of those, you know, big trucks that are transporting sand and there was like a kid on top of the sand but was standing. He wasn't even sitting Mm -hmm. and the truck driver is driving at whatever because I don't even know what the mile per hour is here. It's either you can go fast and you do or you can go slow or you have to go slow because you can't go Mm -hmm. fast. And so this is an area where the, the road is tarred so they're going fast. And the kid is just standing up dancing the whole time. I was like, if he dies, we're all going to witness it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to stop recording. Because <laughs> to capture death would be awful, but also amazing. No, it's not and crazy. He, he didn't die. No, of course not. He did not die. So I believe that Sierra Leoneans are the most resilient people on earth. That might be an overstatement. No, I... What are your thoughts? Huh. Do you know this guy? I do. Jimmy B. I do. So I was with him today. Okay. Have you heard a story? Talking about speaking of resilience? No. So basically the short version is he somehow like found he's he got to a certain age, he started like tra- like traveling to different African countries. He got I think he got a visa to some of these different African countries, which to my understanding is a little bit easier for an for a Sierra Leonean than to get one to the US. Yes, that okay. is true. So I think he, he was in one of the countries that was Egypt or South Africa or whatever. And he and his friend were just walking in and, his fr- and he's like, I've always been confident. And my friend is basically like, he, he told his friend, he's bluffing his friend. He's like, if I wanted to take get an American visa right now, I could. Mm-hmm. His friend's like, okay, go do it. So he walked in there. He borrowed his friend's bracelets, mm-hmm. gold rings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Went in there, um, didn't prepare, like put his hands on the desk, just to bluff. Like he's a big guy. And they're like, what are you going to the U.S. for? He's like, business. I'm just going to go and check it out. And he's like, I know it had to be, it was divine intervention because the guy was just smiling. He didn't ask any of the questions. He just smiled, boom, stamped my visa in the spot. And I walked out with it. Wow. Yeah. Like, it, no, and then his story goes and like he has, I mean, like he, then he goes and he gets a ticket to the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's a, it was $100. It was a weird scenario where he got it for 100 bucks. What? Yeah, there was some flight that used to go there. Got it for hundred bucks, and he landed with five bucks in his pocket. Begged the taxi driver to take him to this guy that he had known back in Sierra Leone that went to the U.S. Never thought he'd make it there. 
rang his doorbell, he wouldn't come to the gate. The guy next door to him paid for the taxi. Wow. Found out that like these people that he had met when he was on the beach, these foreigners mm -hmm. lived there, called him, and they ended up adopting him. Like the craziest story yeah. ever is like and it's it's that's, just normal. That's a very normal Sierra Leonean yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. Um it's it's insane what I have seen. Just I mean, the one thing that has I think I'm getting used to it now because it's been about four months, but the steep mountainous streets of, of Freetown and you'll see like a young girl carrying water on her head in a bucket or one of the five gallon um, containers just walking right by the edge <clears throat> without even like um, any sort of like body language that would Fear. make you feel like, yeah, that yeah. she's fearful. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see her turn and start to go down, like off of the, sh off of the road, down into what I call the abyss. Mm -hmm. And sh of course there's a path there that she's familiar with, but you it's almost like you're going down at almost like a 90 degree angle. And toting water on your head as a young woman if even a young woman, some of these are like still little girls. And every time, like when we would first see it, I would just, I think like a, 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 a wave of fear would just rush over me because I'm like, oh my God, she's going to die. And no one dies. Everybody is okay. And they just go about their business. And I, like where I actually stay, we, it's, it's one of those steep, mm -hmm to go down and so when we first got here and the forerunner was taking us down I thought we were going to die because I was like I don't understand why we're going down this mountain where are we going um now I walk down it without even thinking twice and um I, I know I'm not as as courageous as the typical Sierra Leonean but it's almost like after a while you just when in Rome, do as Romans do, right? Um, how do you feel about changes that need to happen here as far as development? And what do you see as far as the vision of what Sierra Leone could be within like the next five years? Interesting question. So I think uh, more than anything, I mean, that if you had a billion dollars to fix the country or change it. Mm -hmm. There's a million different places you could start, but I think they'd be temporary fixes. And I honestly think the best place to start would just be, and I, and I say this and I know it's a broad term, is education, but not just in school. I mean like educating people on, okay, let's say we're gonna clean up the trash. Right. Why? Right. We're gonna clean it up, like why? Like why is that important? If they don't buy in, you can clean all the trash everywhere. It'll but be within, dirty. We'll be dirty in a month. Right. So I think whatever that thing is, which I don't know the answer to that question, I just know that it's educating people first mm -hmm. about why that needs to happen, getting them to buy in, and then taking the time, because otherwise you're just spinning your wheels. Sure. So that's what I think, because I've, I've asked that question to so many people, and they're like, they immediately had the response, which is one thing I find funny about this country. No mm -hmm. one admits they don't know anything. It's mm -hmm. always like, it's like, hey, who said that church did? 
Nothing goes so. <laughs> and then you meet the next person. Ah, oh, not so. Nothing. Nothing go be no more. Ben Yanda. Go up. That's it. You will meet time. Uh-huh. So, yeah. so you learn like you got it. Like, okay, if you're gonna go somewhere, get five people's opinions, and then the majority just trust that because yeah. no one's gonna say I don't know. That is so true. Isn't that a good That's like, absolutely true, and so, it's a part of the culture. Uh, which, at the same time, anyway, without getting off on a tangent for me, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think just educating people on, hey, this is this is what we should do. You gotta buy in, otherwise, it's not gonna change. If you were given the opportunity to choose between three initiatives that you had full autonomy over to um, develop Freetown. We'll just stick to Freetown. What would those three initiatives be? In the, just in general or in like, like, like physically, the, 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 like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what, what? The initiatives, let's say, um, hmm, how do I say this? Three things that strike you every time that you. That you're like, oh, that thing right there. This needs to be fixed. This needs to be fixed. Like, your heart instantly gravitates towards these three things. What are those three things, and why do they stick out to you so much? Um, that's a good question. I like that question. So I think I don't think anybody would come here that's traveled mm-hmm. or that's lived abroad or whatever. An obvious one has to be just the the uh, cleaning up. Sure. Has to be on the list. That's number. That's number one or one of the top three. Um, then another one is I think would be. Um, I mean, these are going to be super obvious, but it's what they, I think have the biggest issues is just. I, like, I allow obvious okay. answers. Yeah. Um, health, mm-hmm. like whether it's like food practices or whether it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there's so many different levels to saying health, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they're. Like health and sanitation. Yeah. And so then, and those kind of go hand in hand. Um, and yeah, I'll just say those two. Like, I'm sure there's a hundred other ones, but like those are the two big ones that always okay. stand okay. out to me. So your top two, cleaning up. But again, let's say like I said before would be, mm-hmm. before any of that, because I don't think anyone needs to come clean up. I think it's just educating. Education. And then it will fix itself. Okay. It has to fix itself. So in the order, education. Educating, yeah. And, and then, then everything else will fall in place. Yeah, I would agree with you. So, that's what I would say. What do you, um, what do you believe is the best mechanism that can be used to quickly educate? Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one. I'm here for tough. <sighs> my like my knee jerk reaction is somehow using the internet um, to just disperse diff- like the information. Mm-hmm. Although then there's that question of like, n- not everyone has it, like internet access. I was waiting for you to say that. So not only does everyone not have it, but most, I would say 90% of the population here in the city in Freetown, as well as in the provinces, 
are without consistent without consi yeah. consistent they have Wi-Fi. access but it's not consistent yes. yeah oh i agree so what's your next answer because uh, we're so used to wi-fi know, like the internet I, like and, and so okay so here mm -hmm. so one thing i found interesting when i've come back is they've a couple years ago they or, or i think it was a couple years ago they implemented a law about seatbelts. oh yes i do know that to be true Yes. If you do not wear it, you and the driver and the person in the passenger seat, they're going to find you. Big one. Yes. And what I found so interesting is that although very few laws are obeyed, I haven't been in a car with a driver that hasn't said, put, put on, on that seatbelt seat right now. Yes. So my what I think it is, is it's because they're threatening with money, which is hard to come by. And they followed up well enough, and they've given enough tickets and like punished enough that people know, hey, these guys are serious. Mm -hmm. And it's fixed the problem almost overnight. So if you could take that same concept somehow into educating people and saying, hey, look, I don't know if you do threaten them. Like you either learn this and take this test or whatever. But like that has worked so well where in the states mm -hmm. or anywhere else. Mm -hmm. It's like you're gonna get a four hundred dollar ticket. Okay. I'm still gonna risk it because it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Comparatively, we're here, it's like, we're gonna take 700,000 Leones or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. So that is one thing I have seen that has worked that's shocked me. Seatbelts, like I don't even wear my seatbelt at home. I do. I don't. Because of my mom. I know, <laughs> I know, I can understand that now. I don't. So yeah. I do here. Yeah, yeah. For many reasons. And it's, well, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I found that super interesting. Is like, like, yeah. like no other law, like traffic laws, no guard, like none. But that one, for some reason, the seatbelt laws obey. Yeah. So the way, like, mentally, when I'm digging, I'm like, okay, I think it's because bete no de, mm -hmm. and then they come pura. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bete no de. Um, so I'm taking mental notes, um, but I think for those of you listening. He literally has nailed it on the head. Um, what I have experienced, not just here in Sierra Leone, but in other African countries, is that Africans respect the law when they know it's enforced and there is a consequence um, to the point where they will scold their fellow man, woman, if they see that person breaking the law um, before even law enforcement arrives. They will caution them. They may um, do it in a manner that doesn't make you feel warm and fuzzy as the receiving person, you know, uh, fichai. Um, but they will let their fellow men know you're doing something stupid, so stop because huh. you're going to get caught. Um, and it's effective, it's a very community based environment. So um, going into the community. Now, would you say of your, during your time as a mission, as a missionary, and then compared to now, is what community, if any, do you feel you were the most comfortable, um, most welcome, you were most at home, and why? So which community was I the most at home like here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. In what setting or like in what area? Which one are you asking? I'm going to say which area since mm. you were in specific areas. Hmm, that's a good question. 
I, and my answer is different because when I first came, like I was in such a different spot than when I was like just leaving. Mm -hmm. And so it was easier for me to just like, even if I wasn't gonna, even if they weren't welcoming me, I think I would have been like, I would have welcomed myself because I was so comfortable. Gotcha, okay. But honestly the place, ironically enough that I like, I don't want to say it's my favorite area because I have people that I love in every area that I served in mm -hmm. and all those different things. And I love each area for its own unique thing. But without being a stick in the mud and giving me that dull answer, <laughs> the one, the place that I like, I don't know if I just overcame so many like personal issues or whatever in that place that just is like dear to me is like, is uh, pretty probably unexpected is Grafton. Okay. Of all places. Okay. Why do you sit, why do you think Grafton? I don't know. I don't, and you know what? Like, I just, I think, it, I think it was where I was at that that time in my life, and like, mm -hmm. I just really, I was just here. I was, I was, I was, seriously only at that time. Like, okay, that was when I clicked. Was that like um, after a year into your mission? Uh -huh. Okay. So, did you go back to Grafton on this trip? Uh -huh. How was it? It's awesome. Did, how many times have you cried since you've been here? So. I don't cry. That's weird. I know. My sister doesn't either. It's annoying. I don't. And it's not like it's like a masculine thing. Like I just don't. Like I, wow. the last time I did was the day that I left to come here when I was like eight, when I was 19, I was 19 at the time. Mm -hmm. Leaving my family, my now wife was my girlfriend then, mm -hmm. my mom, my dad, like that was the last time that I physically shed a tear. Really? Uh, yeah, that, that, again, like I'm not, I'm like not. Just, it's okay. not a masculine thing. It's just, it just but no, like is, is that's a part of who you are. Yeah, like I've, de but I've definitely like had those moments where I'm just like, this is like, I'm here, like I'm home, like that guy. Like I think it would be the equivalent of that. So the equivalent of a teardrop. <laughs> let's let's imagine had that, you had one had Denzel oh, teardrop. <laughs> one day, no, I've had a lot of those. Moments. I had one at dinner tonight with, with the guy that that was like really close to me that came. We invited him over. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, multiple times. I mean, it's happened too many times. Count sitting out on the balcony. Yeah. The first day. Yeah. Just hearing all the sound. Like, yeah. it's happened. Okay. It's happened. Okay. So, I mean, you're human. I know, for sure. And again, this yeah. isn't like I'm masculine. It's just. That's just you. It's just me. Okay. No, that's awesome. I mean, for me, I, I'm the complete opposite. I cried yesterday when my mom was leaving. Um, I cried before she left. Um, like a child, I had to call my sisters for like encouragement. They were like, okay. "You need to calm down." Just a way of expressing. That. Yeah, and um, I cried when we were landing. I I couldn't believe it because I wasn't even expecting it. Um, but you know, being here is a it's emotional. Um, I think, and I I'd like your opinion on your perspective. I think that Sierra Leone's um, the energy here, it strips you of armor, whatever armor um, that you have for whatever reason, it completely like as far as like your walls you have your walls, yeah. yeah. I think it goes back to that same concept of like it's such a fast paced, like I I don't I'm not it's not dangerous in the sense like a per somebody's gonna come kill you. Mm -hmm. It's like it's just like. You can get malaria, you get typhoid, mm -hmm. you get hit by a car, there could be a rally in the street mm -hmm. that like something happened, like something weird, like I don't know, like again, it's not, I've never felt 
like unsafe, but I feel like it's so easy to like get sick mm -hmm. and all of those things mm -hmm. that you don't, you can't have a wall up because you're just humbled. Mm. Like you, you can't, I don't, I don't know how you have, I don't have pride in like when I'm here, like I'm just like, I am the dirt. Mm. Like I, you know, I'm just like, I made it from point A to point B, I'm happy and I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Thank God. Well, it's, it's interesting that you say that. So two things that I want to um, ask you based on that statement. I had a conversation recently with um, one of my friends who is also second gen. Um, we went to college together. Uh -huh. That's where we met, but you know, still in communication to this day. And one of the things that she feels is a, a beautiful thing about our culture, but also a hindrance is how fearful she believes we as a culture are because everything is by the grace of God. Everything is by God in power. Everything is, I mean, I'll see you tomorrow by God in power. Whereas, you know, in the US we'll do Sierra Leone versus the US. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay. You know, and that's it doesn't mean that you don't believe in God and you don't go to church in the U.S. or whatever your faith is, mosque, whatever. But you take that same scenario and you apply it here and there's like a covering that is automatically, you know, applied that also must be stated by the grace of God. What do you think about that? I think that... I totally agree. Mm -hmm. Like the, what I what I instantly thought of was so many people that you know every so like in Grafton when I was there, mm -hmm. no matter what happened, everyone was afraid of witches mm. or the juju or mm -hmm. whatever, right? And like a kid dies, boom, it's a witch or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there's like so much fear maybe with that or with every other thing. T totally see that, mm -hmm. though. I do admire because I think it's better to err on that side maybe than the side of like oh everything's gonna be fine we're good. Mm -hmm. So I think there's I think that of course no one's no culture is perfect but I admire Sierra Leone because they sway more in the that like humility like that reliance on a higher power. Okay. And I respect that personal opinion. Gotcha. Well, I don't want your professional opinion. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, okay, I, before we go into my, what was going to be my next question, to piggyback on that statement, um, as someone who belongs to the Church of, um, say it. Jesus, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I didn't want to say it wrong. Yes, <laughs> that mouthful. Um, Mormon. I, I was going to say the Mormon okay, Church. Okay, cool. So as someone who belongs to the Mormon church, and that's your faith, um, what do you think about, uh, clearly, you know, you um, agree and favor and admire the humility. Mm -hmm. um, do you see a large presence of your faith being practiced here in Sierra Leone? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Definitely. And the re I think the reason that I admire so much the humility is because when I'm at, like, my natural, like, who I am at, like, when I'm home in my element mm -hmm. is the, uh, like, 
completely the other end, like so like confidence to arrogance, like okay. not in a good way. Okay. <laughs> so that's what's so interesting about when I come here is I'm like, whoa, like I am nothing. Like when I'm at home, I'm just nothing can touch me. That's how I act, and it's not not a good thing. Mm-hmm. But definitely, I think that when I'm here, I feel really close to my religion and everything because I'm just so humble. So. If you have identified within yourself, you have that awareness of Nick with humility in Africa, Nick low-key arrogant in America, you have all of these different elements here that can affect you and take day two of being healthy, blah, 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 to the next day it could literally be something else. But in America, we're dealing with gun violence. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with Probably a, huge... a lot scarier stuff. Yeah. But I think it's just, that's everything. I think it's just because that's where I, I feel like that's never gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But it's just that change okay. is all. Because I know, yeah, I know where you're going and like, yeah, there's, there's probably a million things that are scarier. Mm-hmm. But because that's what I'm used to and like nothing's ever happened, knock on wood, and mm-hmm. thanks be to God, that, that I, I don't worry about that. And here I'm like, this is normal. And like, yeah, I think that's, the, it's just because it's where I grew up, so. But yeah, <laughs> there is two, and I want to take this back. And when I go back, it'll be the same as before. Mm-hmm. It's just slowly when you get back in your element, you're like, sure. you forget. And it's not, so that's why I think a lot of the people that have been born here and transferred and mm-hmm. uh, there's my Creole again, have moved. I don't transfer. <laughs> uh, I don't. They, um, they always say, yeah, we're, we're taking our kids back so that they can remember where they came from. Yeah. And I love, I love that. Because that's what I'm, like, I'm doing right now. Yeah. Even though I didn't like technically come from here, I feel like I found myself here and I'm hmm. coming back. So what do you think you'll do? Um, do you, I, I don't know if you've even thought about this because I mean you're getting ready to leave, um, but what do you think you'll do now that you have come and returned after so many years? You know you've you emerged back into it. It's not like you came and did the tourist thing and mm-hmm. hung out at the beach and surfed or swam all day right. and you know. But you really you went to the different villages and and provinces, you went up line, you went through your, your break your car breakdown, like you <laughs> you lived a regular Sierra Leonean. I know. <laughs> although although a little bit better because I was in I was staying here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for the most part. But for the most part. So, you know, the out we'll call it the the element of humility has been re instilled. Yes. What are you gonna do to maintain that? Yeah, I've had the thought like multiple times in my head like that like to consciously in my head I'm like that Hey, last time you were here, you went home. It went away. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you were younger. Yeah, right? it went away. But so like now coming back, I've just conscious like even at dinner tonight, I'm talking to our, my friend. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm just, I, I'm just like recommitted to, okay. to just keeping that like if that makes any sense at all. I, it makes perfect sense to me. Um, I guess for me, um, one of the things that I have been able to, I guess, finally articulate to people when asked, when you're in the U.S., you know, you're raised up, and you're and you're raised up in the church, whatever church it is. Uh-huh. 
you know, through that process, you pray, you know, there's religion because you're going somewhere every Sunday, you're listening to words that are sermons that are supposed to, you know, give you some sort of like lesson that you can apply, right? And so that just becomes like a pattern thing and you do it and it's what you do. And when people ask you, you're like, yeah, you know, I'm Christian, da 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 da, da or whatever it is that you are. Like you, you have this religious pattern and you're a part of a religious group if, if that's how you're raised up, right? I don't believe that I realized um, how powerful evil can be until I landed here on this trip. So I don't think, for, for me, I, I will say, my faith in God has never been more strong. I've never been more aware. I've never been as connected and um, in, a, in a space of seeking uh, a deeper, more fulfilling relationship with God than now. How do you, what's your experience? Uh, yeah, 100% agree. Like the times of my life, which was the time of my life when I was the most connected was here, it, which I would argue would have been the case no matter where I would have been just because of what I was doing, but mm -hmm. I think it took it to a whole new level being here specifically. Okay. So, I, yeah, that's just a no-brainer. Okay. So my, we'll call it my final question. Um, what would you encourage anyone who is interested in coming to Africa for the first time and they decide that for whatever reason they're going to choose Sierra Leone mm -hmm. over, over Ghana? Or as they should. I mean, no, I'm, I'm not gonna go there because I went to both. Yeah, I um, went to both. I was, yeah. in, I was in Ghana. You were in Ghana. The breeze is so much nicer here. Amen. It I, really is. It like, really I was is. in Ghana. That's and absolutely it was the so truth. hot. And granted, I love a lot of things about there. Like mm -hmm. the the Banku is so good. I love Banku. Um, yeah. The red soup. red. Yeah. It's, I mean, amazing food and like anyway, the Ghana is amazing. Yeah. You have to go there too, but yeah. the breeze. It's so in Freetown. In Bo? It's not there. It's not there. <laughs> it is. It's not there. I was there yesterday. It was. Sad. Yeah. I didn't go to Bo. I haven't been to Bo yet, but I've definitely visited. Um, Some look outer province oh, yeah. areas. Yeah. I've been to like where my my parents are from, and um, it's hot, and there's just no breeze. It's just hot. It's beautiful, and without breeze. Yeah. No blow. Yeah. No breeze de blow yanda. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all here. So um, what, what would you encourage someone who has decided um, that they are going to come to Sierra Leone and knowing, you know, just what has been described, you know, a lot of the, the, sh the struggle is real. Why, despite the struggle, like why come here? That's the same reason I came with my brother and my dad that have never been out of the country. Mm -hmm. it, it, like it'll just change your life. <laughs> like, just come here for a day. Mm -hmm. Just to go. If you would come here, land, drive from, let's say, the west side through downtown Shaku Stevens Street mm -hmm. all the way to Waterloo, and then even go back on the back pass, like, it will change your life just to see. Mm. Like, it, it is so, like, it is unreal. Mm. So, 
yeah, I would just say definitely come. Like, if anything, it's going to change your life. And then if you come with an open mind, it can really ch it can really change you. Like, don't come with like you just have to leave all that at home. Yeah. And just come and and just get in the culture, eat the cassava leaf, mm -hmm. eat the food. Don't don't go to your restaurants and eat your American food. Like, you it's eat. It's actually not good here. No. It's, it's not good at all. It's not. It's not. So come and eat the cassava leaf. Yeah. Eat the beans. Eat the potato leaves. Mm -hmm. Eat the stuff. Like get the ginger beer. Mm -hmm. at, like maybe stay away from the pollo. Stay away from the goat soup. And the goat soup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, other than that, no. I, like literally, go to the village. Like mm -hmm. take a pota pota. Take a taxi. Like get involved. Like do everything. Taste everything. What about the? Have Have you not done the keke? I've done it. Okay. Yeah, that's new. That wasn't here. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's only since last year, I think. Yeah, that's I, I am a faithful Keke writer. Oh, yeah, because there's yeah. a breeze, and it's uh, nice. Yeah. Those are nice. Yeah. But that I actually took my first one today, but that, okay. you got to take the taxi, you got to take the KK, you got to take the photo photo. Yeah. Like you just have to. And then just walk. Go down the street. Like, mm -hmm. go to the east side. Mm. If you just come and visit the west, you haven't even seen Freetown. You're right. You have to go to the east. You're right. Kissy. Kissy Road. Kissy, yeah. Jui, Upcon. Yeah, yeah. All of it. So, yeah. Very cool. Um, what do you think about, I know um, you've got your wife and two kids. Uh -huh. And a uh, third on the way. Oh, congrats. Awesome, awesome. The family's growing. It's growing. Yeah. Don Boku. When I know Boku, small. Yeah, small. small. You know, compared here, that's uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, but Yana, we, we don't. Yana, you don't, you don't do a, you don't do a. Wow. <laughs> we have. So what do you, what do you foresee as far as like bringing the family? I one hundred percent have to. Like okay. that's the, every single time we see something, my dad's like, "Oh, your wife has to see this." Yeah. Like she has to see this, and I was, I even, I was like, if we could even, like. Of course, I'd maybe let the kids get a little bit older. But sure. Even if we lived here for like one year, mm. or even a like even a month, even bringing them here would yeah. be amazing. But it would be, it could be life changing for the kids just to like have yeah that such a unique experience. I totally agree. So yeah. now that's my personal plan. Now we'll see. And honestly, my wife was supposed to come, but we found out she was pregnant. Yeah. And uh -huh. then there's elections, like it was just like mm -hmm. a little weird timing. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but of course I came with my dad and my brother and even despite the elections and everything else, I know it's safe enough and it was just, let's just I said, let's just come. See, and that's why I said supposedly like my last question, because um, I have been having a lot of discussions, um, not about the elections themselves per se, because right. I'm, I don't feel comfortable elaborating on a topic that I'm truly learning about. Yeah, and and African politics is completely different from, I would say, at least US politics. So one of the stigmas though that is going on um, in social media is even before everything started with this particular election, when I said to people I was coming to Sierra Leone and I would be here during election time. I, I had cousins whose mouths dropped. Mm -hmm. Ebo, you didn't go see on Yada elections don't got e. Why? What team do you? You know, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you so aggressive? And there has been a picture painted that 
It's yeah. nothing but mayhem. I know. That's the same. I got that over social media. Uh, why are you noble weight? Why are you noble patient small? <laughs> yeah. Let lay done for us. So what are your thoughts around that? Um, I was a little nervous, like 100% to be honest, because mm -hmm. everybody was saying like, oh, you have to wait. And like, like every single person was saying that. And like, of course, knock on wood, I'm still here. Right. But we, it's been pretty peaceful and all that different stuff. And I, it's felt no different. I, other than I can just, I'm looking for it more now because I know what's going on. And when I was here before, I was a missionary and I wasn't even like aware of a lot sure. of stuff because I was just on my, doing my thing. Yeah. Just felt different. Like it's just I felt nothing. Okay. Okay. As far as again. Given given what you've seen, yes. but and I have, and that's not like I've just sat in the hotel. Like right. I went and walked. I've been in Kissy. I've been in Grafton. I've been in Hastings, mm -hmm. Lumley. Um, I went to Bow. Mm -hmm. I just, it was at mile ninety one for four hours. Like yeah, I've been around. Of course, SLPP land, uh, SLPP land in Bow. Yeah. Been, uh, in a taxi today with this strut, like really aggressive APC guy, like mm -hmm. I just felt nothing. Okay, okay. So you would agree with me? Yeah. Then. Yeah. Come. Yeah. There's no reason that. that there are there are a lot of so the biggest thing that I have been preaching is that the diasporan, the Sierra Leonean diasporan, who was born and raised here, mm -hmm. and you know left, um, and has an opportunity to be able to come back at least to register to vote and then to participate um they did not make the decision to do so mm -hmm. yet they are online they have their they have their opinions but they don't want to vote the the yeah. opinions are you know dissertations um daily dissertations mm -hmm. um you know verbal um, um what is the word that? Honestly, nafet, alting nafet online. Every 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 forum is aggressive. Facebook posts, Ted and mami person. You know, it's just it's extreme. And I'm like, well, but why wouldn't you take that energy, invest your money, and come and be a part of the change? Yeah. If you really want to see change and you really want your vote to count, like you still can do that. Right. And yet it's not happening, but everyone has an opinion. And I'm like, you know, pardon my French, but fuck your opinion if you're not going to, to participate. You're just literally another bit of a problem because right. there's so much negative, um, um, there's so much negativity around Sierra Leone right now that's, you know, hitting like the international news cycles. I got calls last week like, Oh my God! What's going on there? Da, da 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 da. Is it fighting? And when they described what they saw, it was footage from a week prior of a rally, and which I actually happened to be in the middle of, not by choice, but based on how my day was going, I was caught up in that traffic. And I'm not like a big person on large crowds, so I really was like, "What in the entire like? Oh my God! Get me out of here!" And that was all foolish because. No one cares about what I think. We're going to go as fast as we can through this traffic until we get from point A to point B. <laughs> so, so you're going to have to just suck it up. So, you know, you're using footage and advertising it as being like an unsafe rally where I was in the middle of it and it was just literally people dancing everywhere and 
honestly, can you guys go back to work so I can buy what I'd like to buy for today? Oh, I can't because it's rally day. So businesses are shut down because people are, they're literally jubilating in the streets and everybody's just carrying on. Well into the night, you know, I heard one person died from like heat exhaustion. I think it was something like that. But to say like someone got murdered or whatever, like that is not what happened. But if you listen to the international news, um, yeah, it's, really it's unsafe. There's so much fighting going on. It's extremely tense. You know, you can't go anywhere after a certain time. And then they attached the mudslide footage to this mm -hmm. news cycle and blah, 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 wrapped up in an ugly package. This is Sierra Leone mm -hmm. today. And it's like, that's literally everything that was in that news cycle is old, outdated, old news. Like, what is going on? What do you think about that? I think it's just this, I mean, news is never, like, you don't watch news because there's good stuff happening. It's, yeah, I don't watch it's, news. It's, yeah, and the people that do, it's like, just, it's like, this happened, it's bad, and this happened, there's murder, and all, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter where you're at in the world, that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. I think 100% it's just people that know that they put that Sierra Leone is there's tropical nice beaches and people are happy and all that it's, it's not going to get shared and mm -hmm. it's not going to get attention and mm. that kind of thing so I just yeah I, although that's super sad because it's not how it is as we both know we're sitting here right now right but yeah that's just I think it's just the negative people are just trying to get attention for their whether it's their uh, themselves or, or yeah their mm -hmm. clickbait whatever yeah. So yeah, it's it's sad though because you have to come here and and see. There needs to be more people that are sharing the good, so that but there's just so few. So what what do you think? Um, what do you hope with the your social media? Like, what is your real intention um, with to, with it? Creole blah blah. Yeah. What do you what so do you? So my, my my real like when I made it, my intention was to keep up on Creole. Because okay. it was, it's like, it is so, I'm, it's, it's, I'm trying, it's been At least you're, listen, you need to give yourself a nice pat on the back <laughs> because there are so many people that honestly, they are, it, it's like a, a nice, like pleasing thing to see. Okay. Honestly, um, I've heard it from literally all ages where people are just like warm and fuzzy because you not only are not, you're not African. Um, I mean, uh, unless we do like, uh, like everyone is from Africa, right? But like, you are not, you're not Sierra Leonean. And yet, you, you care so much about the culture that you, you know, made it a priority to learn. And still years later, like, you are, it's, it's something that you feel is a priority. So I don't care how bad your Creo is, at least you have, right. you have Creo, you know, sure. and, and you didn't have to, like, it's not required. Sure. It's not required in Utah. That's for sure. That is 100% <laughs> true. That is 100% true. It is not required anywhere in the U.S. And yet, you know, it's a priority for you. Yeah. So you, you establish Creo Bubba to freshen up. So yeah, up. So, to, so to freshen up on the Creo just to like, because 
even at, since from five days ago to today, it's gotten better. Like of I picked course, up yeah. phrases that I've forgotten and yeah. like the way, like I'm just listening, I'm like, oh yeah, I said that wrong earlier today. But they still understood me. It's like I'm just like tweaking it. But like, mm -hmm. give me a month, and I'll, if I was here a month, I'd be sharp. Oh, it'd be sharp. You go sharp. You go sharp. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so that was the first. That that wasn't the first. That was the second reason. The first reason was literally just so I could connect people because, like I said, mm -hmm. with for six it was six years almost to the day, well, a little bit short of like five years and nine months. Mm -hmm. Never met another Sierra Leonean mm -hmm. since I left, and I was I just was getting that like feeling like I want to connect to these people and I'm, I, I move quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I know they're here. I just like, how do I get them out of the woodworks kind sure. of a thing? Yeah. And um, so, so it was the connect. And then for the career, that was the purpose. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously the bigger that it gets, if the following gets big, they, then it, and there's some influence there that I can do things with, but I don't really have, my biggest thing is just, it's selfish, but it's to connect to people keep sharp on my, on my career. Um, I, I think, you know, don't even look at it as selfish. Look at it as self full. Like you, it's, good, it's you, good distinction. Yeah. You, it's kind of like, it's kind of like my, um, your point my release. Is, yeah. It's like, you know, people have their hobby, like they're going to go and like do a, do a DIY project. Some people I, fish. Own. Some people fish. Me, I speak Creole. Some people speak Creole. <laughs> it <laughs> is a, what it is. That's me. Awesome. Well, I am so grateful. I'm humbled to even have your time. Of course. I know you're getting ready to travel and head back. Um, I'm not going to say that I miss the U.S. I don't. I do miss some of my friends. I, I definitely miss a lot of my family. Um, and so what would you advise me to do um, while I'm still here that I haven't done yet? So poda poda, take a poda poda number one. Skip you have that. To. Skip over that. You I'm have not. to do that one. I've done a poda poda. Yeah. I feel like. And I haven't done one in another country, so it could I, be very similar. It's very similar because you know I see them. They're always in our way, uh -huh. um, stopping traffic. They care not about anyone else. So I actually don't like the poda poda because yeah. of how they ruin mm -hmm. traffic patterns mm -hmm. so to actually engage and yeah, be to encourage and I, to, I feel like giving my money is encourage their foolishness so, so other than that you have to i mean you have to go upline like you got to go to bow okay you have to go to bow and then um i would go and spend like i don't know how much time you spent on the east side i've actually my i my i have family on the east side so um near duff court Hagen Street. Okay. Um, I have a very, very special person who is around Dan Street. Okay. Um, so I have been down into Kesey, and one of my really, really close friends, he's a film director, he will be here next week. Okay. And he, his, he's based um, in, I think it's called Jotown. So I know that's east. Gotcha. So um, he's demanded that I. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. So that is on my to do. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, the only thing is I would say is definitely spend time in the east, go to mm -hmm. Bo, and then um, you have to eat acheke. I've I've had acheke. Oh. We actually. Okay. Yeah, acheke is good. Okay. I love acheke, I didn't know. but I didn't it's know. not a Sierra Leonean dish. Okay. Yeah. It's, but that's like the only thing I had in Bo. Really. Yeah, because like. The, the area, it was, it was Yemo Town, Topway Town, mm -hmm. 
and one other like little small area and there's like the only thing you will be able to buy is you can't even find like um groundnut really mm. like you can find some of the small sweets and then sometimes you'll you'll, you'll meet those like those cookies that are like really hard those like sand cookies yeah that's it and so oh. then at the, by our apartment that one i showed you that picture of yeah um which you can attest to was was not a hotel no not at all <laughs> um, not even a little they bit they sold some fry fry and some check okay so okay. that was like well, i lived on that for a few days a mm, few months so like, i mean i got there were like that i would eat that four or five oh, times so when you yeah when you were here the yeah, first because i'd get back late at night okay. nine o'clock and like i wasn't gonna go to town and spend oh yeah spend two thousand in two thousand out yeah yeah. Which of course isn't a lot, but when I was a missionary, I'm like just trying to manage. Of course, like, of course. So I could save all the my money to go real. to a restaurant at the end of the, yeah. the month. But yeah. so anyway, yeah, um, Acheke. Yeah, I love Acheke. We um, we made some for the like the first time here that I had it. Um, we made it with gari, mm -hmm. um, but Acheke is actually, if I'm not mistaken, originates from Ivory Coast. Um, I believe that. I think yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. But um, I know I had some in Ghana um, and some Wache. Wache. I love Wache. And then here, um, we made some. So, um, yeah. That's good. Yeah, I love Wache. Yeah. And, okay. and you have to try uh, Akara. Oh, I grew up on that. Okay, it's amazing. Yeah. This, maybe, maybe she's listening, maybe she's not, but this, this lady named Woki, I think Mina. Uh -huh. When I was in the DMV, I met her. Okay. She came and made akara. I ate like 15. Of course. At yeah. least 15. My sister literally was texting me earlier. My youngest sister, I have two. My youngest sister is in the DMV. And she's like um, negotiating with me. Because she's like, you need to tell mama. She's one of the like grandmas that lives in where I live. Because she's getting ready to leave to go back to the DMV um, Wednesday. And she's like, you need to tell Mama um, to bring whatever because you know I will I will pay, but I no one here makes akara for me. I'm like, why is this about your stomach? No one's thinking about you. She's like, but I need to be made a priority. Yes, she does. And so imagine. yeah, and my mom, she like they. It was funny because she's like arranging for like my mom's. How many days is she going to stay with? Saleh and then how many days she's gonna stay with her because she needs to know how many days she will be available to cook because she misses the food. I'm like, you you're this is I don't know how this got to be about you. I love it. Yeah. So yeah. Really? Yeah. So the food I'm about the food. I had that goat soup. Yeah. Uh, stay away from that. Don't do goat soup. Oh God. It will ruin your day. You will not lesson be able to day. go anywhere. Lesson of the day. Yes. That is my lesson. That's my lesson of the month. Okay, yeah. I like that. I'll, so. I'll remember. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, thank you so much. If you're not following Creole Bobo online, get your life in order and Come do it. Come on, people. Get your life in order. It doesn't matter where you're from, which African country you're from, what non-African country you're from. Follow Creole Bobo at... K-R-I-O-B-O-R-B-O-R -R 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 on, on Instagram. Instagram and Twitter, but then on Facebook, it's Salon Creobobo. Oh. Somebody already took Creobobo, and I'm going to find them and hunt them down. Well, what if they are a Creobobo? Uh, 
than they are. But I, I don't think I can't find the page, but it's not available. Oh, they, maybe it's someone just being petty. Yeah, but maybe and maybe they already had it before. Maybe. Or maybe, maybe. they'll give it to me as a, if they're listening. They'll give it to me. Because as a gift. honestly, when I first I was like, is he, is he Creole? I don't. Is he Lebanese? He's from Utah. <laughs> what you know? Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, I'm, I know everybody will be like, wow, I feel like I know him now. Good. And I'm sure you'll get more stalkers. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. You've been listening to No Wahala, the podcast. Matter of fact, do you say No Wahala? See? Not Creole Dandeo. No Wahala. I am Gaima. And you've been listening to No Wahala, the podcast. I hope you are inspired to deepen your connection to Africa through the story shared by my guests and I, the African diasporans in Africa. Follow No Wahala on your favorite podcast streaming platform today. Comment, rate, and share. We could all learn from each other. For more, visit us at I am Gaima dot com backslash no wahala.